Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's show of Domain Masters. I'm Monty Khan, your host. Uh, we have a great show tonight. Stay tuned. We're going to do a couple commercials. We'll be right back with uh, Bill Goss. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is all Always proud. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Now back to Domain Masters. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Monty Khan, again, your host for this week's edition of Domain Masters. As I mentioned before, I have a very special guest uh, with us tonight, um, uh, Bill Goss uh, from Jacksonville, Florida. Bill happens to be uh, a moniker customer, a longtime domainer, and has a hell of a history um, uh, in his life. And uh, I thought it would be really interesting to have him uh, online today and in our in our studio to do an interview because uh, this guy has experienced uh, quite a bit of things in his life that uh, should apply to everyone else and uh, and uh, has written a couple books and been on several interviews. I'm, I'm one of many, including Howard Stearns and, uh, and I guess, uh, Ted Nugent as well. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much, Monty. So um, you got to tell everybody about uh, a little bit about your your interesting life history, and then we'll get uh, right into uh, your experience with domain names and when you and I first met, which was in 1999 via the internet, anyway. And you became a customer of ours, but uh, you've gone through quite a lot in your life, um, and I uh, think it's pretty interesting. So I want you to lay out a little bit about uh, some of the some of the history and uh, your life story. Uh, as you've explained it to people in your book. Sure. I was born and raised in New Jersey and went to college at University of Arizona. Uh, didn't have any money, so I was a dynamiter in an underground copper mine 6,000 feet under under the earth and had a cave-in. Almost died, quit school, enlisted in the Navy. The Navy, in their infinite wisdom, trained me in underwater explosives. Did that for a couple years. 
got out, became, went back to college on the GI Bill, Rutgers, and then got a, uh, became a Navy pilot for the next 15 years. And uh, as a Navy pilot, you were uh, a test pilot, I guess, with the Navy, and uh, test, uh, test piloted several of the newer planes, or... Uh, no, I wasn't. A, it was not a test pilot. I get, did get to fly a lot of different planes. Um, I did test one by crashing it, and uh, <laughs> though that was an unintentional uh, crash, and that probably was one of the reasons why I wrote my first book, "The Luckiest Unlucky Man Alive." Right, and so that's one of several um, life uh, life and death experiences that you've experienced, I guess. Um, you, uh, when I first heard your story, it was quite interesting, but uh, you've literally experienced death about five times. Is that correct? Uh, no, well, death or catastrophe approximately 30 times in 30 years. 30 times in 30 years. So tell me a little bit about your most interesting life death experience or your death experiences here because uh, there are some interesting ones. Well, there's a lot of very, very funny ones. As a matter of fact, even some of the most serious ones. You know, I, I truly believe that uh, humor is the way to get through anything and everything. And the last three were probably the most serious, the plane crash, where I was in a plane crash of a $65 million brand-new Navy spy plane in Spain. It was a jet? Uh, it was a it was a turbojet. So four engine, the number four engine came off, and I ducked, and it almost beheaded me. And uh, that was a challenging experience for a young navy pilot uh i thought the navy was going to pull my wings they ended up letting me be a senior flight instructor in texas where i was lucky enough to be officer of the year and a few other things but it was it was pretty tough coming back from that experience but then now you were you were injured in that in that wreck i was not injured and thankfully no one was injured but the plane suffered about three and a half million dollars worth of damage so you had a crash land it a crash landing and it was a a challenge then uh another significant one was in 1990 i was struck by an out-of-control car that knocked me, that's actually hit me in the legs. It was a 65 Ford Fairlane. My body caved in the front of the car. It knocked me 45 feet through the air. Jeez. Had a wild out-of-body experience and uh, woke up in the Navy hospital because I was in my Navy uniform. Now, were you in a car or you were out no, on no, the No, no, no. I was walking along the side of the street, a 60, uh, 16-year-old kid driving his daddy's muscle car for the first time, tuning the radio, doing 100 miles an hour, went off the road. And struck me. Hit me actually doing about 60. He had decelled from 100 down to 60. Caved in the front of his car, knocked me 45 feet through the the air. And eyewitness said I did did six cartwheels 10 feet in the air. And uh, uh, Monty, I'm here to tell you, uh, I was in the hospital for a couple days, but no broken bones. Caved in the front of the car. And I was flying a Navy bomber to Holland two weeks later. Wow. And so, How lucky is that? Uh, that's pretty lucky. My father says I have the most rubbery bones on the planet. <laughs> well, you must be soaking them in vinegar or something. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> and then the, the biggest challenge of all was in 1994, I, I was a garbage man in New Jersey, uh, long hair, 18 years old, and I always had the dream somehow of breaking the sound barrier like Chuck Yeager did. Well, 20 years later, almost to the day, I broke the sound barrier flying an F-18 Hornet off the coast of Florida, and I was literally and figuratively on top of the world, and the next day, I got a phone call from a doctor. He told me that this little tiny bump on the back of my left ear was a very deep malignant melanoma tumor, and that I'd be dead in six months. 
had a ton of surgery, 12 hours of surgery on my face, neck, and shoulder. They removed my jugular vein, my trapezoid muscle. If you saw the movie Face Off, that's what they did to the left side of my face, lifted my face off, took out 200 lymph nodes out of my face, neck, and shoulder, then put my face back on, and they cut off half of my ear. And amazingly, uh, after I had survived a year, a plastic surgeon put me back together again, and now you're able to actually look at me without losing your lunch. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't look bad. You don't look bad, that's for Thanks. sure. Thank you. So you're, uh, you're, uh, you, you're a recovering um, uh, cancer survivor uh, as well. Yes, I, I have uh, gone 10 years now cancer-free, so very, very blessed and lucky about that. And as I said, it all is part of the book, The Luckiest Unlucky Man Alive. Right. So when you experience that, that kind of, uh, with those kind of things in your life, and I, and I guess there's uh, 27 more incidents, this is there, um, it obviously gives you good reason uh, to have something to write about. So, uh, so you published your, uh, your first book. I guess that was the first time that you've, uh, you started writing or you've been contributing to uh, several uh, other books uh, in the meantime, like the Chicken Soup for the Soul. And right. I have uh, a couple Chicken Soup books that were New York Times bestsellers, Chicken Soup for the Pet Lover Soul, Chicken Soup for the Horse Lover Soul. I won some awards as a Navy, as a Navy pilot for writing. But The Luckiest Unlucky Man Alive was my first book, and then I had a book published by Simon & Schuster a couple years ago titled There's a Flying Squirrel in My Coffee. Right. Now, the Discovery Channel did a special uh, about this uh, this little squirrel that uh, you became uh, quite attached to, you and your family. And, uh, um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, too, because that's an interesting story as well. Well, right. Because you wrote a book about it. Right, <laughs> right. Right after that grueling uh, surgery that I kind of described, I, I was sent I was in the hospital a while, and then I was sent home on morphine. And so trying to recover from, you know, these dramatic scars on my face, neck, and shoulder. And a veterinarian who's a friend of mine brought over this tiny little flying squirrel that was the size of a cotton ball that had fallen out of a tree. And he asked if I could take care of this little squirrel while I was recovering from my cancer challenge. And I think he knew that, that this little squirrel would be a wonderful distraction from the prognosis that I'd be dead in six months, right. even though I had this surgery. Right. When your mind was, all, you know, was, right. uh, was re, uh, re, uh, I guess, directed towards taking care of somebody else, right. your body was able to heal and uh, taking your mind off of the injuries that you had. Rather than being fearful all the time, and, you know, remember, I boy-girl twins who were six years old at the time, <coughs> happily married. Um, when you're fearful, you produce uh, cortisol, which is a very harmful hormone to your body. And when you're upbeat and positive, like when you have a little flying squirrel sitting on your head eating a pecan, that, that uh, puts endorphins in your body, which are very positive immune stimulators. And cancer is a disease of a failing immune system. Right. So if you can do anything to supercharge your immune system, such as supercharging your human spirit, which also supercharges your immune system, these are very positive things. And without me knowing it, my veterinarian friend, I mean, my, my best doctor of all, Monty, was a vet. <laughs> he right, he right. gave me, the, he delivered the best medicine. And so this little flying squirrel, Rocky, used to sit on my head, eat pecans, while I'm sitting reading the newspaper in my bathrobe on all this morphine, well, one morning I sneezed while drinking my coffee, and I hope I put the coffee cup back up to my lips and hear this little flying squirrel is in my coffee cup peering out of me, out at me, saying, you know, like, 
help. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. What the help? yeah. It's uh, freaking hot in here. Freaking hot in here, yeah. <laughs> and so I called out to my wife. I said, there's a flying squirrel in my coffee. And then he immediately jumped out of the cup onto my head, started licking his fur, you know, getting a caffeine buzz, I guess. And... <laughs> Monty, that's how the second book was named. Uh, There's a flying squirrel in my coffee. But the important thing was when you deal with cancer, you think that you go, why me, God, and this whole like thing like that. And you then you basically and this is a common thing because I'm a consultant for the National Cancer Institute, the National Cancer Institute, National Institute of Health, a lot of cancer organizations. I own CancerCombat.com for what it's worth, which you you helped get me. And um, when you're on, when you're dealing with cancer, you s- truly feel why me. And if I'm anybody special, you know, you basically say there's six billion people. What makes me different? Why should God be or whoever? Why should any power be listening to me? I'm one of six billion people. When that little flying squirrel was in my coffee cup, I called out, there's a flying squirrel in my coffee, and then a few minutes later, moments later, he's on my head. All of a sudden, I had this realization. I said, I am unique. I am special because I have to be the only human being in the universe that has a flying squirrel in their coffee right now. Right. And, and, so, and then on your head. And then on my <laughs> head. And so I'm like, I am unique. And, you know, your uniqueness is what makes you feel special that someone may be looking out for you other than right. you're just one of six billion people. Right. So, I mean, there's a philosophical side to this. There's a flying squirrel in your coffee. That's right. And so and so the Discovery Channel, I guess, you did you write in and say, hey, I got an interesting story. They came after you or what? No, I think they actually heard me on the Howard Stern show and they called me from that. How I'm not a big Howard Stern fan, but he loved my story. He promoted it widely. And uh, he... He just uh, he's a guy who has not had a lot of like misadventures, physical pratfalls like like I've dealt with and right. and he's kind of fascinated with it. So it, I I think they heard me on that show and they called up and did the discovery. They did a full half hour show that they've been running for years. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, and also PBS did a show as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's even uh, more interesting is that people from the Discovery Channel are, li- are listening to Howard Stern every day. Yeah, <laughs> you'd, be, I, you'd be surprised who listens. I got a call from a Catholic priest in New Jersey. He said, hey, Commander Goss, were you were you on the Howard Stern show? And I said, well, bless me, Father, for I've said yes, I, I was. And he goes, can, can, you, can you tell me, like, you know, he said, I have a question for you. And I said, yeah, I'm sure you got a couple. And uh, he said... Uh, well, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. I was so shocked that I got this call from this Catholic priest in New Jersey. He said, what were you doing on the Howard Stern show? And I was like, you know, tell him my story. And I, he, I, he said, well, I, I heard it and everything. So I said, can I ask you a question? What, what the hell were you doing <laughs> listening on it? You know, the, he goes, oh, uh, my constituents, my constituents listen to him. I got to under, I got to be in touch with my, with my church, my flock. I'm like, okay, father. <laughs> so anyway, that's a true story. <laughs> well, well, it seems like that those uh, those those experiences have then um, uh, kind of landed you in some uh, some minor roles and some movies and uh, and uh, you know I don't know how all that came about, but you, you you know an awful lot of people, and then I guess I guess uh, one thing led to the other, and you've played some minor roles in some of the more famous movies that have been recently out. Here. I've had a, I've had an awful lot of fun uh, getting cancer. Seemed like it was a kick in the butt to really enjoy my life more than I was before 
which I got to tell you was hugely before. Yeah. I've done four movies. I've been an extra in G.I. Jane with Demi Moore and Viggo Mortensen. And uh, Viggo's a great, great guy. He was in Lord of the Rings. Right. And uh, after that, I was in, let's see, uh, I was in Alexander with Colin Farrell, another great guy. That was shot in Thailand, uh, Val Kilmer, um, uh, John Voight's uh, beautiful daughter. What's her name? You know, John. I, I don't know his daughter's name. No, no, no. Who is the who is in Alexander? Um, Brad Pitt's new girlfriend. Oh, Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Yeah, yeah, she was in it. Roseanne, she is beautiful. I, yeah, baby. I went to the world premiere out in Hollywood, walked the red carpet, and she actually ended up sitting behind me at the world premiere. Met Oliver Stone. He was a very nice guy. I was in uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God Picking Cucumbers with Halle Berry. Which is uh, hottie number one. She is very, very sweet and very pretty. And then I was uh, recently in Lonely Hearts with uh, John Travolta. James Gandolfini and Salma Hayek, and that's a movie that's yet to be out. Right? And that will be that will be out in uh, probably three six months. Wow! So. And it's been all these people. I got to tell you, they're all very very nice, unpretentious, fun, hardworking people. Yeah, uh, completely unlike the tabloid stuff that you read. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, you know, some of the folks might be asking, "Well, what in the hell does that have to do with domain names in the internet?" But uh, uh, it, it, uh, it, I'm sure. People think that you know things lead each other to certain uh, certain directions and lead to lead to certain things. Things happen for a reason. So, how did you get in the internet? What 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 got you on the internet back in the in the days? When was it? And uh, what got you starting to buy domain names? Um, I, re- I actually I believe that I read an article about this guy named Monty Khan about six or seven years ago and his sidekick Eric, and uh, it was a very stimulating article. And then I called you up, and you persuaded me to buy my name, BillGoss.com, which is my website now, and I've made a lot of money on that website, so thank you very much for that advice. And uh, but I was—I've always been stimulated by the idea of of taking something so short and simple and sweet and turning it into internet real estate. It's like buying land. So I own over 800 domain names now, many related to real estate, cancer. A huge variety of things. Um, I remember buying one. I think it was fsdn.com uh, three or four years ago. Uh, bought it for you know just fsdn.com. I think I paid fifteen or twenty bucks for it, and I sold it to Linux a couple weeks later for fifteen thousand dollars. And you handled that for me in right. terms of the brokering of it. Right, right. So, so automatically you found out that domain names do have value, and uh, I think um, I think you just uh, yeah, that's right. Your first domain name was your was your own name, mm-hmm. and then you started registering domain names, and uh, we had some of them up on the market, sold a few of them, and um, and so uh, now we're helping you monetize your portfolio in some other ways with your traffic. So, where do you see uh, where do you see this whole internet thing going? What's um, what wh- what do you think about what's going on now, and where's the where's the internet going, and how are domain names going to you know increase in value uh, in your mind and you know, how, why are you increasing your portfolio? I've seen some very interesting things on TV uh, lately. Uh, major companies are changing the way they use a domain name. Uh, the, these major companies have, you know, gigantic public relations budgets and they're using giant public relations firms. But you'll see things like, um, and this is just, you know, this is just an example, Bayer's Aspirin. 
and Bayer's Children's Aspirin, where they used to have a website, uh, Bayer's.com, which doesn't mean anything. Now they'll do an advertisement on TV for Bayer's Children's Aspirin, and they'll show a website much larger, much more prominent, and it, and it will say something like stopthepain.com. Right, right. So they've, they're, going, they're moving from, from, a, from name branding to a dis- going very descriptive, and it's, it's okay now to have three words rather than just one word, but you want to have domain names that, that are much more descriptive than they used to be. And it's, it's, people used to say uh, you need a short name because people don't want to type in a long name, but your computer now remembers the name anyway, so you only have to type it in once. But it's so much easier to remember something descriptive than something nondescriptive. Right, right. And um, um, that's, a, that's a good point because uh, in the last two conferences we attended, uh, one being the Webmaster World Conference in uh, New Orleans, um, it was very apparent that long descriptive search terms are, are now something that are desirable where in the past – Short and generic, short sh- uh, um, um, uh, generic um, search terms were something that was more desirable to get you where you want to go. But people are starting to type in the full character set into the um, into the search string and into the URL line to get where they want to go because it's uh, like you said more district uh, res- um, you know descriptive, and people are now typing in where they want to go exactly. P- things are getting geographical, um, uh, you know, geo targeted. Um, so that you can say, uh, you know, Jer- New Jersey cars for sale instead of autos.com, which is one of the domain names we sold back in 1999 for, you know, millions of dollars. But now New Jersey, you know, or a city name, you know, uh, Fort Lauderdale autos for, for sale is a, is a lot more descriptive word. And it actually, um, it actually uh, converts better um, when you have that domain name and you're driving traffic to websites of that na- nature. So you're correct. You're correct. Of my 800 names, uh, just about all of them are still .com names. Um, I think the other names have value. I've still got a lot to learn about keywording and keyword searching, but I have been buying a lot of names now directly related to keyword searches with, and I'm, I'm using hyphens now strictly if they're involved in keyword search. And I don't know if that's a correct strategy or not, but I, I guess I'm going to learn. Well, actually, hyphens uh, do have some advantages in domain names uh, uh, because they act as spaces, um, and MSN happens to recognize that space, and then you you actually get the benefit of using the the search terms pro- you know before the hyphen and after the hyphen, and so um, it is a good strategy um, depending on what you're doing with those particular domain names. So uh, that, that's a that's a good strategy that you're getting those and. Um, you know, longer, longer domain names are getting registered now than before um, mm-hmm. for those same reasons. So definitely. So um, of your portfolio, what uh, what's some of the more valuable domain names that you think you own right now? And uh, um, do you plan on building anything out or, and developing any of the domain names that you have? Um, I may, the, but I'm, I don't know if I'm as creative as that, but I have some friends that may do that. And I'm, I'm, I may be asking for your your help and advice on on some of that i think one of one of the names that i think is most valuable is a five letter dot com name i have and it's oilbx.com bx stands right you have a lot of domain names right. with the bx thing now explain to the audience why this bx uh, the bx uh initials you know a lot of a lot of our clients have um you know uh, go on a go on tangent sometimes on about concepts but your bx strategy uh, is actually uh, something that's pretty relevant BX stands for Business Exchange, and um, it is widely becoming recognized around the world as, as a business exchange, uh, BX, and oilbx.com 
to me, could be used as a worldwide uh, central point for all oil and petroleum-related business exchange. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I own Gas BX, Condos BX. I own many short-word BX names. <coughs> um, one of the names, uh, I've I, I bought many names from Moniker.com. There were times that I have bought from other services. I did buy a name about five years ago that I thought was a great, great name. Did not buy it from you. It was globalbx.com. And one day I was looking at my list of names, and I'm like, no, I know what happened. I got an email from an angry lady. She's saying, how dare you say that you own globalbx.com? And I said, well, I do. And then I went online, and that name had got snatched away from me. And now it is a large, very successful website, globalbx.com. And I had not had that name locked, which I did not even know about locking a name at the time. Now I do know about locking names. But globalbx.com represents worldwide franchises, and anybody in the world can get into a franchise just by going to globalbx.com. Though, if you talk to the lady who owns that Tell her I'm still mad at her for snatching that name from me. Right. Well, I, was she, uh, I mean, did, did she call for it for transfer? I mean, she didn't steal no, the name. No, well, no. What happened was the name just disappeared from my portfolio. Oh. And, and so uh, you never knew what happened. And, nev- that, and nev- that name was not registered through us, but uh, through another registrar? Do you remember that the is, registrar? Uh, I believe it was inexpensivedomains.com. Oh, Okay. So that's why you don't go to inexpensivedomains.com <laughs> and register your domain name. Well, you said that, not me. <laughs> well, definitely. So, um, um, you know, that brings up another, you know, hot topic that we've discussed many times on the show, and that's uh, domain security and one of the things that we focus in on uh, at Moniker. But uh, more importantly, for anybody that has their domain names at any registrar, make sure that your domains are definitely locked down at the registry. Um, and, um, the way to see, um, sometimes the registrar interfaces tell you a domain name is locked, but you may not know for sure. So the best way to find out is to do a registry lookup on your domain name, and you look at the status of that domain name. If you go and use moniker.com's Who Is, we give a registry Who Is record at the top of the Who Is page, and then a registrar record uh, down below. And under the status, if your name says active, that means your name is unlocked and uh, it needs to be locked in order for it to be safe. If your name is uh, says registrar lock, uh, then you're safe and, uh, and everything's fine. Lots of times the registrars don't interface and uh, sync up with the registry, and it may say that a name is locked in your account when, in fact, it is not. So the only way that you can really tell is to, uh, is to uh, look at a registry lookup and make sure that your name is, in fact, locked and it says registrar lock. So that will protect your names. And I do want to clarify one thing. I am not sure I bought that name from the registrar that I mentioned before, but one thing I would tell people to do with when they buy names is do try to buy it from someone who has immediate control in terms of a, um, what's the word? Uh, control panel, you mean? No, the higher level where you were... Um, the who buys the domains in terms of the registrar. I'm sorry, I was having a, a, a blank there. Um there, to to buy a name from someone who is also a registrar, it seems like the whole process happens much faster or instantaneously, where other services 
you buy a name, you go to check if, the, if you own the if the name is with who is an hour or two later, and it isn't. But it seems when you buy through someone who is a registrar, it happens almost instantaneously, and that's you're talking about buying through a, a reseller that's of a registrar. Exactly. Right, Maybe you right, could right. explain that right. to people because that. Well, is we used important. to be a reseller uh, of of, reg, of a registrar when when uh, there weren't that many registrars before we became became ICANN accredited. And when you're a reseller, you actually go through a couple different steps to register a domain name on behalf of your customers. So you have to have interfaces and systems in place to be able to. You know, query their database, their uh, their domain management um, systems to be able to register those domain names. So you're right by dealing directly with a registrar, not a reseller. And a lot of people don't know whether their registrar, the people that they register domain names, are in fact resellers or registrars. But you can probably tell by looking on the website, and if you see that uh, you see the ICANN emblem or you see something that says that they're ICANN accredited, then you know you're at a registrar. If uh, you don't see that symbol or that accreditation anywhere on that website, you're not at an ICANN accredited registrar, and you're probably at a reseller. So uh, uh, for years, for instance, Register Fly and uh, I believe uh, Names Cheap and uh, a bunch of a bunch of resellers where people think that that's their registrar are in fact resellers for other registrars. So that's a good point. Definitely a good point. So, uh, so you have some valuable domain names, and uh, and you you might be building some out, and now uh, you're getting ready to monetize some traffic because uh, some of your domain names get a lot of traffic, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and uh, I still one of the reasons I'm coming through is I want to sit down and talk with you about that and learn more about it because a lot of it still goes over my head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the the hot thing right now is uh, for unused domain names or people that have uh, large portfolios that aren't building out all the domain names is to monetize the traffic in a very you know a matter of in various different ways and and one of the most popular ways is using a domain PPC parking program uh, where you can um, actually map the keywords to the domain name to advertisements that will display down below uh, through one of the primary large. Uh, PPC um, providers, which is either Overture or Google or um, some of those companies, and uh, and um, the natural type in domain names draw a lot of traffic. And, and in fact, when somebody types in a domain name that's on one of those parking pages, um, if the if it's mapped correctly, uh, they're more likely to click on one of the advertisements down below. And every time that they click on one of those advertisements down below, the advertiser, uh, the company that's paying for that advertisement, pays that company, and then they split the revenue with with the publisher, which would be you as a domainer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how you make money on domain domain name parking pages that are mapped uh, to PPC advertising. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to be doing for you if, uh, through our trafficclub.com um, uh, uh, website and uh, helping you monetize your domain names, which actually monetizes domain names through multiple feeds. And uh, we're about ready to launch next week for all of mainstream names and everything, so we're pretty excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. I have looked at the Traffic Club website, and it's a very nice, clean design. Right. Um, so uh, when we come back, I'm going to do a break just for a commercial uh, or two. And when we come back, we're going to catch up uh, back up with Bill Goss and some of the more uh, interesting things he's done on the Internet. I understand that uh, you write for uh, Military.com, um, which is a very successful uh, portal for uh, military and military families. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that because they were just purchased by Monster.com. That's correct. Yeah, and you know the you know the CEO of uh, military.com pretty well. He and I had lunch at the White House about 6 months ago. Wow, interesting. Okay, so we'll be right back in a couple minutes. We'll pay some bills and do some commercials. Do you sell a product or service with monster potential in the online market? 
then attack the opportunity to turn your dreams into reality. Equipped with flexible e-commerce software from MonsterCommerce.com, you'll possess complete control of your store, including your storefront's design, maintenance of your products, and management of your online orders, and all with the technical support and service. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Grow your business today with MonsterCommerce.com. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh-huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts. Mm. Plus, their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertisement. Wow. Doesn't that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Thanks for the tip. I'm going to give value. Click Media try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at valueclickmedia.com. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hello. Welcome back to Domain Masters. I'm Monty Khan, your host. Uh, my guest uh, who we've been speaking with is uh, Bill Goss, uh, one of our customers, a domainer and uh um, uh, someone who's uh, had a lot of lifetime experiences that uh, that's been um, that are pretty famous uh, that we've been discussing. Bill, what? Um, tell me a little bit about your contribution to Military.com with so many families over uh, overseas uh, defending the country and uh, on the initiatives uh, over in um, the initiatives in both Afghanistan and uh, in Iraq. Um, obviously, military.com is one of the more, um, probably the largest military, uh, family, military-directed sites uh, on the web today. Uh, tell me a little bit about that website, what you know about it, because you're pretty close with their CEO. The uh, military.com is a, is a terrific uh, porthole for, for, uh, portal for retired and active-duty military people that has about 4 million members around the world right now, and... I did 20 years in the Navy, as I told you, underwater weapons first, and then as a pilot later on. And when I, I was the navigator of a giant nuclear aircraft carrier out of San Francisco called the Carl Vinson. Now you, were the, you, you, were the, you were the pilot of the boat? No, no, I was the navigator oh, the of navigator. the boat, and, oh, wow. uh, which was called a, a disassociated sea tour, where you're, as a pilot, you have to do something non-pilot related oh. to, to upgrade your, your professionalism. And that was a very demanding job, but the point I'm getting at is when I did that, there was, it was impossible to communicate with your family. There was no email or anything like that. Now the military, I mean, someone on an aircraft carrier uh, thousands of miles from home can just email their family. They can look up anything on the web. It's just it's absolutely remarkable what, uh, what you're able to do now. And through military.com, I do write a column, a, a monthly column, they're right with Oliver North and also Colonel David Hackworth, who recently died. Um, some some real interesting columnists, and I actually do write a, quite a bit on uh, world terrorism, the what's called the GWOT, the Global War on Terrorism. Um, Military.com 
was founded by a guy named Chris Michael. He was the uh, navigator and the tactical coordinator of the spy plane I used to pilot. Great guy, and uh, he set the company up in San Francisco and also in Washington, D.C., and as you said he correctly, he uh, recently sold it for a lot of money to Monster.com, and he still runs the company and, and uh, just a terrific guy. And uh, We were invited to the White House about six months ago. We had lunch in the White House mess, and and uh, a friend of mine works there. He is the Admiral Fox, hmm. first guy to shoot down a MiG in the Gulf War, first Gulf War, and the second Gulf War. He was a wing commander, and he led all the attacks. And right after he cut land on the carrier after leading a hundred, you know, a fifty-plane attack against Iraq, he'd sit down on his computer and say, "Hey, Bill, this is what I did. This is how we did it." And uh, I would uh, uplink it right to military.com, and it was all approved. And so uh, we were getting the word very quickly right after an attack on. You know what was done, and right. if you go to if you go to military, you, you can see some uh, some pretty wild video there wild. that it, that's not released to the press, right? I mean, some, very, very amazing. Like some yeah. uh, some definitely reconnaissance missions and uh, a lot of in, a lot of infrared movies uh, that are just unbelievable in what our capabilities are. And if there's any terrorists listening right now, you don't stand a chance. That's all I'm telling you because uh, the United States has the greatest military in the world and we're fighting for individual freedoms around the world and we're going to win. Yeah. Might so, as well give up. So as a former uh, I mean as a as a former Navy pilot and someone who's been in the military, I mean what's your what what's what's your take on what's going on over in Iraq now and uh, where you think the United States is positioned and you know there's a lot of press and a lot of news and it's not all accurate and how things are being positioned but from from your take and all your buddies and all the things that you've been um, hearing and listening to firsthand and your participation in military.com what's your take on really what's going on what the mission is and and if we're getting close to accomplishing it 911 established very clearly that that uh, terrorists uh, Muslim extremists wanted to do horrible things to the United States. The smartest thing you can do when you're in a war is to move it from your backyard to their backyard and keep it there. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do that successfully. We have been extraordinarily successful at doing it. Um, the uh, I was in Donald Rumsfeld's office soon after the attack on 9-11. Then, remember, there was an attack at the Pentagon Pentagon, as well. My flight instructor was killed in that attack. Uh, My brother was in the World Trade Center for the first attack in 1993, which a lot of people don't realize that a huge bomb was put in the basement of one of the World Trade Center towers. Everybody forgets about that incident because nothing fell. (laughs) Well, the whole point of that was to put a huge bomb in the basement, which you would think would blow out the basement and cause the tower to fall, and the plan was for the tower to fall into the other tower and knock both towers down. Mm-hmm. It did not happen, and my brother was actually in one of the towers looking down at the flames coming out of the other tower. Um, that was in 1993, and also, for what it's worth, my my uh, high school football coach's son was killed in the 9-11. He was in the top floor, and uh, it was, you know, I, I, I lost... The people that I know in 9-11 was the, it's just uh, 9-11 really chokes me up guys Yeah, yeah so anyway uh, uh, in 1993 the plan was to take out the basement knock one tower into the other tower and bring both towers down 
that was not successful. We ignored that. We didn't do anything about the people who launched that attack. I mean, we acted like nothing happened. And then it should not have been a surprise that 9-11 did happen. And 9-11, they were never, they were just planning on flying two big planes into both towers. But you can imagine they never were expecting both towers to go right to the ground. That's what they were expecting with the first attack. They were not expecting that to happen in the second attack. And when that, when those towers crushed, you know, went right to the ground floor, uh, which all of us have seen countless times on TV, right. that was a huge motivating factor. I mean, it was, it was a tremendously uh, motivational thing that, that inspired Muslim extremism, that they can defeat us. They don't realize that the, that the World Trade Center is a mega, mega fraction of what America is all about. It's just like it's one cell on a human body with six trillion cells on it. Right, right. And, right. Um, and the United States does have the best military in the world, and uh, the people signing up now to go in the military are as good or as better than, than they've ever been. And the, what we did in World War One and World War Two and that legacy, you know, w this is the best military. But we all have to agree to fight. I mean, to to uh, what happened in London just recently is just another demonstration that the when there are suicide bombers, the entire world, everywhere in the world, is a soft target. Right. When the person it's trying you to can't do, defend yourself against things like when that, the person yeah. who's trying to do you harm is willing to blow himself up, the entire world is a soft target, and so we have to we have to. You know, grow harder. We we can't. <laughs> we have to find ways to to make the world not a soft target anymore. Right. right. And there's lots of ways of doing that. And uh, and I absolutely the thing I love the most about America is all of the individual freedoms we have, but we should not give individual freedom to terrorists. Just find ways to give lots of freedom to everyone who's nice. And if you're a terrorist, take away all those persons' freedoms. Yeah. And it's easy to do. We just have to have the willpower to do that. Right, right. So, so your um, your articles and your first, exp you know, your your experiences uh, in the military. I guess uh, I guess the military personnel are reading military dot com as well, and uh, so they're inspiring them. Uh, you know, the people that are on the boats, the planes, have access to the internet. And uh, so your articles are, are inspiring them along with everybody else that's writing. And, you, and they have huge uh, email forums, you know, and I have people that write about, you know, write in about my columns and some people like them and some people don't. And that's fine. That's the freedom of expression. We're fighting for the freedom of expression. We're fighting for freedom of religion. We're fighting where women can have all the freedoms that men have. And these are all things that do not exist uh, in, in a Muslim extremist world they don't want f individual freedom right right so what are we what's you know from a military standpoint um and from what you heard what uh, when are we going to be able to pull out of there and uh and uh leave that country on its own the the most important thing about fighting this kind of enemy is to never say never say when you're going to do any of that just do it secretly do it when you're ready but don't tell anybody right so and, uh, you know, it will come down to, 
as the president's been saying, we'll do it when we're ready to do it. When the when the Iraqi people are ready for us to do it, we'll do it. And it has to be very graduated. The, you know, the the concept of a sudden pullout just broadcasts everything that you shouldn't do. You know, I was a boxer. You should never telegraph your punches. Yeah, I saw a great movie last night, by the way, speaking of boxing. Did you see Cinder- Cinderella? Man? No, my parents did, and they said it's wonderful, and I, I'm looking forward to it. I wanted to, to see it, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, my wife and I had a date night last night, and uh, so we went and saw that movie. It was great. It's a great movie. Really. Was there any phone throwing in it? Was Te- any- telephone throwing? <laughs> no, no telephone throwing. I don't <laughs> think they were. They lived. To, it, it was during the time of the Great Depression. I think everybody lost their phones. <laughs> okay, that must have been after the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Russell Crowe could throw a punch. Yeah, he, he could, could throw a phone he, just as well as he could throw a punch. Yeah, he could throw a phone. All right, uh, but he he actually did a good job throwing punches in that movie. He's it's a ter- uh, he's a terrific actor. Yeah, he and uh, it's a true story about yeah. Braddock, uh, who uh, became uh, kind of a Cinderella champion uh, back in the in the time of the Depression. Actually, my my father saw him fight, and he got a huge kick out of the movie yeah and my father's 87 years old now yeah definitely definitely so um getting back to uh, some of the internet stuff um um what's your thought and feeling about some of the other extensions um now that you've been in the dot-com world now for 19 you know for for since 1999 um wh- what's your thoughts and feelings about some of the other extensions i know that um you've asked us a lot about them but uh, you started to get educated a little bit more about um some of the other extensions, the .net. I mean, besides .net and .org that's been around for a while, but what's your thoughts and feelings about .biz and .info and some of the newer extensions that are being released? I've got a lot of friends who are very excited about them, but I'm, I'm me personally, I'm more focused on the .com names. Um, and I, I do think that when you're doing this kind of stuff, you have to kind of have some kind of focus because it is it is very easy to just start doing things willy-nilly, and I, and I feel like I've done that at times. So I'm largely focused on .com, uh, some .org names, um, but .org when you're looking at trying to do you know, something that's clearly nonprofit, where the .org would actually be more valuable than, the, than owning a .com name. Right, and right, lots cases. Of, you know, there's, and there's lots of cases of that. Right. So um, the uh, I'm focused on dot com though I have lots of friends who are very interested in all the other stuff, particularly um, China. Yep, the China d- extensions, the mm-hmm. .cn names. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, China is a booming uh, a booming economy, a booming internet economy, and uh, <clears throat> we think that uh, they're going to become less restrictive in terms of uh, their ability to uh, market their products and services on the web. They're very uh, uh, controlled right now, so. They have the ability to block uh, access to the outside world and from the inside out, and that's one of the big uh, pitfalls with some of the Chinese um, businesses that are trying to uh, globalize their their businesses online right now. So, but Dotsian uh, does have a lot of potential and a lot of future. Well, I spent a month in China last year when I when I was in Thailand and I was doing that, that extra work in Alexander. But after that, I spent a three and a half weeks in China. Fantastic experience. But Monty, there's one thing I learned about. I have one major thing I learned after a month in China. I don't speak Chinese. (laughs) Well, not many uh, people do unless you live in China. Right. So the way I look at it, I I figure I don't have any business buying .cn names if I don't speak Chinese. (laughs) Well, you can can register uh, English terms in in .cn extensions, that's for sure. But I still don't understand exactly how that will work for me. But other, other people are smarter than me, and they're snapping them up. Yeah, definitely. 
And uh, one of the big announcements that came out uh, just recently at the uh, um, well came out right at the ICANN meeting, which is going on uh, um, right now in Luxembourg. Uh, but the .mobi extension was just approved. And uh, for those of you who don't know what the .mobi extension is. Uh, Vodafone, Verizon, Microsoft uh, all got together and uh, decided that they wanted a, uh, a uh, internet domain name extension platform for mobile devices, and uh, so they went to uh, went to bat on this extension, got it approved pretty quickly. Uh, I definitely believe it was pretty, pretty uh, politically and bureaucratic, uh, um, you know, bureaucratically approved uh, quickly because of who was behind it. But they all got on the bandwagon and, and got this thing, uh, you know, approved and. Uh, from what we understand from the preliminary information is that um, the .mobi extension will be um, um, the extension to use on some of the portable PDA devices, the the cell phones, um, to um, launch websites and mobile um, mobile media on uh, on mobile devices. And so even though it doesn't sound like a, um, a very uh, attractive extension, it is going to be something that uh, some of the largest online mobile players are, are supporting and putting their money behind. And uh, I spoke with the uh, PR firm today because they were also supposed to be on the show as the as one of the guests today to talk about their uh, their launch, their platform, you know, what the price is going to be, when it's going to be available, so on and so forth. But I will have them on next week. But it's an interesting uh, mm-hmm. domain extension that's coming out. Um, and of course, uh, everybody's been interested in the .xxx uh, uh, extension, which is due out in uh, the fourth quarter of this year. I'll have a lot more information about that in a couple weeks. I'm Actually, sitting on a panel uh, at one of the seminar at one of the uh, uh, seminars that's coming up uh, as a registrar uh, that's going to be offering the .xx ex- extension uh, for adult websites, um, and uh, then there's uh, the .jobs extension uh, that's uh, uh, also a sponsored TLD. Uh, by the way, the Mobi uh, .xxx uh, .job and .travel extensions are all sponsored TLDs. That means that there'll be some criteria. Um, put in place by asking several extra questions on a registration form to make sure that you're um, someone that's in that particular field or business. Um, so um, dot, dot travel, for instance, when I had uh, the folks on from the dot travel extension, made it very clear that unless you're in the travel industry, you're not getting one of the names. Um, same with the jo- dot jobs guys. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to be in the business, in the job recruiting, some job-related business in order to be in, uh, have access to those extensions. So a lot of interesting extensions coming out, and there's some new ones on the horizon as well. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pickings for uh, the domainers and those that are in those particular industries to try to diversify themselves. And obviously when more and more people are getting on the web and there's not that many .com names and .net and other extensions left, it leaves the door open for launching a platform on another extension. Um, I had Mark Ostrowski on, uh, on our show, uh, I think it was about a month and a half ago. He's the the gentleman that uh, bought and resold business.com for seven and a half million dollars. And he made a very good point that, that, uh, you know, .com is going to be here, here to stay, but millions of people are getting on the web all the time and, uh, there's no extensions for them. So these extensions will become popular. And over time we'll be looking back three to five years from now and seeing millions of .info names, millions of .biz names registered, you know, because kids are coming out of school, starting businesses, people that are losing their jobs are starting businesses out of their garages and, and, uh, and launching their ideas and their concepts and their information on the web. And so they'll all be there to stay. Some of the prices seem different. Uh, in .cn is more expensive than .info. And, yep. and what are some of the reasons for that? And one other thing I want to tell you is that 
you know, I've been buying a lot of domain names as actual gifts, birthday gifts. I, you know, my brothers and sisters, I all bought them their names. And, you know, sometimes I couldn't get their exact name, so I was able to get their nickname. There's lots of things, but, I mean, you know, they open up this birthday card, and they, they're reading this thing. You are now the proud owner of robertgoss.com. It's like, you're kidding me. I know. You own that name now. You can do whatever Gee, you want thanks, with it. Gee, thanks, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's, they, that's, they make great gifts. Pe- people don't understand, but that's extremely valuable if you can, right. get, if you can get your name. Um, you know, I, I couldn't even get you know, con.com. Right. Uh, I have con.net. Um, mm-hmm. So we have uh, some family pictures and our baby stuff up on the con. You know, it's, not even a, uh, it's not even a developed website yet, but uh, I made sure that uh, I registered my kids' names. And, uh, and everybody should do that because it is virtual real estate. It is your identity on the web. Um, you are, you are going to be communicating with people on mobile devices, on the Internet, through your computer. And you do not want to brand and identify AOL and MSN and Hotmail. You want to identify yourself. You should be sending a message from BillGoss.com. And, my, and con.net and or your corporate name not not a commercial service but also the names have uh, have great value anyway because you're not you know like my brother robert goss there's not there's probably 10,000 robert gosses in the world and uh, maybe one of those is another bill gates and he's going to want to buy that name from my brother my from my brother yeah. and i know that he'll cough it up if the price is right Right, but that's a good. That's a great so idea. To so buy there's them value gifts. there. Yeah. yeah. So buying the gifts, and and to get back to your first question about why some of the extensions are more expensive than others, um, um, everyone's been asking, well, what's .xxx going to go for? Why is it more expensive? So uh, the bottom line is that the uh, the cost of registration for .xxx will be in the seventy five to hundred dollar range. Wow. And uh, the reason for that is um, it's not going to be an extension where there's millions of domain names registered. Um, there's going to be maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand domain names registered, and um, there there has to be a support of the infrastructure. The infrastructure cost to launch an extension, to have a registry, to 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 ha- to handle and host DNS services, um, to be able to uh, connect to the root zone servers, um, and and to propagate those domain names around the world, um, cost the same as in the .dot com world, and so. Uh, it, there's money that has to be generated in order to make that um, and to make that uh, extension um, profitable enough to run the business. And it's a nonprofit organization that's actually uh, registering the domain names and, and offering the registration services through the registry. Hmm. And they happen to be using uh, the Affilius um, backbone, which is the same backbone that's used by .info. Um, something that's unique with the .xxx extension, however, is that uh, – I believe ten to fifteen dollars is going to be donated back to the. Um, uh, I think it's called IFOR, which is their organization where all the child advocacy ag- ag- advocacy groups, the freedom of speech folks, uh, the adult community, business side have all come together and agreed on a, um, a common platform on why .xxx may be important to them. So, of course, in the child, uh, you know, the child advocacy folks don't want children on the web viewing adult websites adult webmasters don't want children viewing adult websites and um and uh, the freedom of speech uh, speech folks uh, want the ability for people to to go to a website that they feel they want to go to and express their freedom of expression and, and freedom of speech so this platform has all come together um on a common um goal and a common ground to say hey dot xxx has a purpose and uh there's not going to be a forceful move to make adult webmasters to move their properties there but um they're calling it responsible webmasters will um, utilize that platform to you know uh, launch those websites so we'll see how that goes 
But in any case, the infrastructure costs um, and, and some of the other um, costs that are involved um, uh, justify the higher registration mm-hmm. fees in that particular extension. Um, .NET just announced that uh, they were lowering fees um, <clears throat> because um, uh, VeriSign just won the bid to, to, uh, to supply .NET uh, registrations along with .com again to the to the community, and because they already had the infrastructure set up and their costs have been reduced, uh, they decided to lower the cost of .NET registrations. So uh, um, .NET registrations are less than .com registrations to the registrars. Now, not too many registrars have uh, lowered their costs yet because it just got announced, but uh, we do see a number of registrars probably running some specials. As a matter of fact, we're going to be running a a four dollar ninety nine cent new registration special for .NET names to, so that everybody covers their .coms and gets their .NETs uh, for a discount to do that. Is there, is there any way that the .NET could be actually promoted more to make it uh, given a more perceived value relative to .com? Well, there's some interesting things about .NET that a lot of people don't know. Uh, uh, the .NET platform actually supports more DNS servers than .com does. Um, if you look at any of the major Fortune 500 companies, the top uh, the top companies actually operate their DNS servers on .NET, not on .com. So they have the .com go to the .NET? Well, they have a .com <coughs> uh, website, but mm-hmm. their DNS is actually located on .NET gotcha. platform. So their, gotcha. their domain name is on .NET, supports their DNS, their website's on the .com flat- mm-hmm. platform. Hmm. And uh, that was one of the main reasons why uh, VeriSign won the bid for that. It was an infrastructure that that uh, that basically has worked pretty flawlessly for years. Uh, and although um, um, VeriSign has a reputation of being monolist, you know, monopolistic, and a lot of people were against them having this uh, having this bid won again. If you look at the infrastructure and the change of moving that uh, extension onto a different platform on another provider, there's always a risk of downtime and uh, not as a secure or reliable infrastructure to keep those DNS servers alive. And some of the largest, most important websites run on .NET hmm. servers. Didn't know that. Including Boeing and Microsoft and Citrix and, you know, uh, um, even, even, um, even um, um, you know, some of the largest data uh, uh, communities. Mm-hmm. So, and it also runs a lot of uh, informational platforms as well. So that's why it's an important extension. Um, and, of course, uh, when .com, you know, which was originally designed for commerce, .NET was designed for network infrastructure, and which is why a lot of .NET DNS servers are, are there, and um, and then .org was for organizations and nonprofit facilities. That's how those uh, extensions came to be originally in existence. That never, uh, that really never took off the way that it was supposed to. What happened was that everybody started registering .com names, and those left over, and, and those that needed websites that didn't couldn't get a .com were then going to .NET and .org as alternatives. Mm-hmm. And so there's no restrictions, thank God, on uh, on operating businesses on either of those platforms, nor is there on operating on .biz or .info or another platform. You can operate commerce and sell information and, and do business on those mm-hmm. platforms. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of information regarding that. So in any case, we're getting to the end of our show. Um, I uh, also wanted to update everybody on some of the more recent sales that uh, that have just occurred in the past week. Uh, uh, if you go to dnforum.com, I had Ron Jackson on last week, and we talked uh, talked about an inter- interesting um, cover story that he did on Christopher Chenna, who's been the purchaser of uh, about a half a million dollars worth of domain names over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, one of the domain names he purchased uh, recently was Paraguay.com for $150,000. Uh, it was about three weeks ago. 
Um, we just had uh, a domain name purchased that uh, exceeded that amount, which was Uruguay, um, and that was purchased for one hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollars in this week's uh, sales update. So that was the top name. Um, so that's one of the top, I think, three domain name sales for the year that have been reported. That is, um, local dot com uh, is in the number one spot for it was sold for seven hundred thousand dollars, and chat dot de, the German extension of chat. Um, sold for $470,000 uh, earlier this year. The number two uh, domain name that was sold uh, for the week was fights.com uh, for $62,000. And uh, the number three was tractor.com for $45,000. And uh, a misspelling of career builder uh, landed the number four position, and it went for $33,600. And uh, the fifth place was eweb.com for $30,150. So it just goes to show you that there's a lot of valuable domain names being purchased. Uh, and, uh, again, just to bring up some of the other extension points that we talked about, um, .de is uh, really kicking butt um, out there, too. It's the number one, uh, number two registered extension now, the German extension, um, as a country code. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty valuable uh, extension. The Germans are quite advanced, and, uh, and uh, Europe um, is uh, definitely um, a lot of Europe is wrapping around the .eu extension that's due out uh, very soon. There's a lot of pre-registrations going on for that. We can do that through uh, through our website, through pool.com and some of the other pre-registration services. So uh, .eu for the European Union is uh, is catching fire as well. One of the names I own is eurobx.com. So yep. You're talking the .eu, and I do think there's a lot of value in, in I, any EU-related stuff. I see on the on the <coughs> chat room that uh, several people went out and registered them BX names. So you uh, you inspired them. Good, smart. See? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's good news. So in any case, uh, that's a wrap for this week's show. Uh, my special thanks to Bill Goss for being my guest uh, and also for having a, a, a great friendship over the last uh, several years. Uh, your, your story is truly uh, inspirational to many, and uh, it is to, to me and to the, my team back in the office. Uh, we do tell lots of stories about you. We wonder whenever we see something interesting, a uh, near-death experience, we go, I wonder if Bill Goss experienced that, you know, uh, <laughs> some well, of the weirdest things. <laughs> it's been a pleasure knowing you, and I, I, I took you from a young pup with no kids to now you have more children than I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with three. You are the uh, master. Two, two and one on the way. That you is. need yeah, to yeah. be the master of your domain. Yeah, I am. I am the master of my domain. <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> So in any case, uh, we're uh, going to wrap uh, this week's show up. And again, my special uh, thanks to Bill Goss. And uh, next week, I'll have the .mobi guys on and uh, another interesting guest uh, that'll be a little bit of a surprise. So uh, please join me next week on Domain Masters. Same time, same place. Uh, be the master of your domaining. Thanks. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7.